To live in faith is by all means hard. Nobody says that the road of heaven is easy, but we can either choose to be the prodigal son or we can be the son that stays with the father all the time and he's going to get his full blessing at the end. Or are we always going to be that prodigal son that goes away with that blessing, that quick blessing that he got, waste all his time and waste all his resources and comes back to the kingdom of heaven broken? Who are you going to be? Welcome to the Rise Higher Podcast with Amos, the Praying Man. In every episode, we delve into the inspiring journey of finding motivation through the power of prayer, faith, and God's light. Remember that where there's a smile, there's hope. And where there's hope, there's faith. Tune in and let's rise higher together. Welcome to the show. This is Amos, the Praying Man for the Rise Higher podcast. I want to say thank you, first and foremost. Before we even start the show, I want to say thank you for your support. I want to say thank you for you being here listening to these words, for giving me your energy as I give you mine, for giving me your frequency as I give you mine. I want to say thank you because you could have done anything else with your time and you decided to stay here with me and do a little bit of Bible study, do a little bit of reflection. And as we talk about our Father above, about God, about faith and about love and light. To all my listeners out there, the channel is growing and great things are coming our way. I truly believe that. I truly believe that we're finding something special that is being built on this podcast. With every episode, we're getting better, we're getting more equipment, we're getting more support, and we're getting all the blessings that we can have from our Father above. So above all, I want to say thank you to our Father for blessing us with this time, with this energy, with this frequency, with this sacred place, wherever you are, because He's creating a safe environment of expression, a safe environment for love to come to fruition on our lives. In this show, we're going to talk about trials and temptations. We're going to talk a little bit about listening, about action, about reaction, and how we are supposed to pray. What is behind the meaning of prayer? What is behind the meaning of saying thank you or asking for something special from God? What is expected from every single one of us in order to get our blessings? Because by now, we're coming to the realization that the blessings that we are given also carry responsibility. It's on us to nurture the blessing. It's on us to nurture the good things that God gives us on a daily basis. One of those things is life. One of those things is love. One of those things is just simply opening our eyes and being aware that there's a whole wide world out there that needs our love, that needs our frequency, and that it needs our light. People often say that one person cannot change the entire world, and that might be true. But I believe that one person can create the motion to change, the motion to create a rhythm of life that is going to be touching others through our sacred frequency, and is going to move them towards the kingdom of heaven. I truly believe that. I truly believe that we are sent here as individuals, but even as individuals, we can have a major impact in the entire world. You cannot tell me that people that are sold into the material things of the world, the billionaires and the corporations, 
and all those people that like to think they own the world. You cannot tell me that us, the brothers and the sisters of light, cannot have more power through our faith, through our love, than the people out there that made money their king. You cannot tell me that people that have faith, the people that are good-natured people, cannot have a positive influence in this world. But before we talk about that, first and foremost, I want to pray. I want to bless this hour that we're going to spend together because I need this. I need to pray today because today nobody is going to defeat me. Because today I woke up with a smile and I am going to go to sleep with a smile because I'm a child of God. So through these prayers, I'm going to praise and I'm going to promise action. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to praise the love that He gives me, the protection that He sends me, the blessings that He sends me and my family every single day, the blessings that create smiles on my face. I'm not going to let anybody take them away. Today is not the day for the dark ones to influence me, to nudge me out of the road of the kingdom of heaven. Not today. Today I'm whole because I am basking in the love of God, because I am attuned with the brothers and the sisters of light, because today I'm speaking to you from the heart and from the soul, and what I'm telling you is my truth, and I hope that my truth, my frequency, gets in tune with you so we can create something special. So before we do anything else, let's praise to our Father above. Let's close our eyes, and if you're on the road, keep them open, but I want you to open your heart as well. Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. Amen. Let those prayers wash your frequency right now. Let those prayers get you in tune with the frequency of the Father, because that's what we need. We need to wash ourselves with these holy words, this holy praise, because we're constantly being bombarded with anxiety and stress from every single angle, from everything that you can hear, from everything that you can see. You're being attacked with shocking news over and over and over. I have come to the realization through my spiritual journey that we often find ourselves tired, tired of paying attention to everything we shouldn't, tired of devoting our time to things that do not matter. I often find myself in predicament because part of me wants to say, no, today I'm going to lay down on the couch I'm just going to turn on the TV and I'm going to waste the time. I'm going to waste that afternoon. I'm going to waste the entire day just watching movies 
or being on social media scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and reading and scrolling. I am the worst offender, but I also realize that I have to stop. I have to stop this addictive behavior that is destroying my attention span, that is destroying the minutes and the seconds that God gives me as a gift. I know that if I'm supposed to be leading others, that if I know that I'm supposed to show love and show you this frequency that I've been given as a blessing, that I have to devote more time, I have to devote more energy, more of my energy to my God. And the only reason why is very simple. Why do we want to devote our time to God? A lot of people don't want that. A lot of people tell you, no, you don't have to. You can just go to church a couple of hours on Sunday. Or you can do a little bit of Bible study. But they don't want to devote their entire life to God. However, they expect God to be there for them every single hour, every single minute, and every single second of their lives. And we ask ourselves, why do we expect God why do we expect our Father to be there 100% of the time when us, His children, cannot even devote one entire day to Him? It's a trade-off. It's a trade-off that God is always losing because of us, because of His immense love for us, because He doesn't deny anything from us. It's an argument that He always loses, because He gave us the free will to say no, because He gave us the free will to choose something else, anything else but Him. And we are all at fault of that. Today I wanted to talk about promises through prayers. But I find myself talking about the toxicity and the pollution that we are constantly being sent our way. And we get that toxicity sometimes from our partners. We get that toxicity from the people that we love the most. Sometimes we get that toxicity from the devices that we use. And how we spend our time and our energy scrolling and scrolling through the phone. When is God's time? Have you thought about that? When is God's time? At what point we are going to go ahead and say, today is the day that I'm going to just be in meditation and I'm going to be with myself and I'm going to try to talk to God. Today is a day that I'm not going to do anything else but to send love to everybody else, to send light to all the people that need it, to help others that need it. Today I'm going to go ahead and hug and call my family that I haven't spoke with for many, many years. Today is the day that I decide to be humble and lower my head and ask for forgiveness to those that I have broken. But now we choose to be selfish. We choose us every single time. Yet we expect God to be there for us every single second because now you're worried because now something bad is happening now you're going through a trial and tribulation maybe something is hurting maybe you got a disease maybe you got an addiction and you want God to be there 100% of the time every single time and because God loves us with everything that he has because we are God's priority his children are his priority he gives you and he listens to you and He mends your soul, and He mends your heart. He is there for you. Why are we choosing with our glorious free will not to live a life of faith? When people ask me, Amos, I think that sometimes you're preaching too much. I think that sometimes you sound like you're too good. And sometimes they say that I'm too proud. Other times 
they laugh at me behind my back. And I have learned, I have learned finally that the only way to truly live in faith is to let go of everything and everybody that I cannot change. And when I say leaving someone that they cannot change, I'm not talking about not talking to them ever again. I'm talking about the energy that I'm going to use with them because they are not my priority anymore. You see, the thing about starting to think about how can I be more of a support to God, more of a servant to God, how can I be a good child of God, it also comes with you saving your energy from your daily routine. It comes from you saving that energy that you spend correcting everybody when they don't need your corrections. The time that you spend protecting people that don't need your protection. And we're not talking about not being able to love someone and to protect someone to a certain degree. We're talking about overprotecting, overspending, because as you all know, anything in excess is dangerous. And we find ourselves spending so much time again on our phones and social media, scrolling and scrolling, playing them video games, that we don't have any energy left. And we also don't have any time left. And then another day passes by. We're trying to reconcile our relationship with God. But before that, we have to be critical of ourselves first. How are you spending your time? How are you spending your energy? That sacred energy that was given to you from birth. Think about it. How truly precious is the energy that you were given on the day you were born and you were given this mission, this sacred mission for you to do and only you can do that mission. And they tell you and they show you anything else but how to be a child of God, how to be devoted to Him, how to live in faith. Because most of the people out there don't know. They haven't been taught either. And the ones that are guiding us the ones that talk about God, we listen to the words, but we don't understand the word. And sometimes we listen to people that they themselves don't learn the word. And even worse, don't practice the action behind the words. And this is the theme of the show today, actually. We were talking about James chapter 1, verse 1, and so on. He talks about how can we approach God? How can we straighten our path to God? And it's very simple. It's a very simple logic. But you have to be willing to trade some of the time that you spend doing anything else and devote it to prayer and devote it to God. You want God to be there 100% of the time? He is going to be there 100% of the time. That is guaranteed. Whether you are the best person in the world or whether you are the worst person in the world, He will be there. He will protect you. He will try to save you from that depth, from that darkness. He will show you the light. Believe me. Trust me when I tell you this, but you have to be willing to pray. And the important thing about praying is because praying gets into the frequency of our Father. And only when you are in this frequency and your thoughts are clear and you are not distracted by anything else, that's when you can truly ask for what it matters to you. You will realize that if you really spend the time praying, and I'm not just saying reciting the words, but just saying the prayer at your own pace, understanding every single letter, every single verse of that prayer, and you will find yourself slowly tuning in to heaven's frequency 
And once you are in that frequency, that's when love can truly, truly be grown. And that's when God can listen to you clearly. We are like little children. When they have a long story, we are like little children. We say a bunch of words. And they almost make sense, but not quite. And we want to say everything in a couple of minutes so we don't have to waste more time on this. But take your time. Get out of that stage of childhood when it comes to faith. Grow and mature into someone who can convey a thought through prayer so God can clearly listen to you and He can decide whether or not you truly need that, whatever you're asking. So in James chapter 1, verse 1, he says, Under trials and temptations, and I invite you to read this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. In those first three lines, he talks about how we have to also appreciate the trials and tribulations that we are able to complete. Because through those trials and tribulations is how we make our soul, our faith, better and stronger. So when we pray to God, the very first thing that comes out of our mouth is, I want, I need, save me from this, is the things that are affecting us. We don't even say thank you first. We say, God, we do a little prayer. By the way, I need this. By the way, oh, I don't have money. By the way, uh, my job. By the way, my family. I need this. I need this. Get me out of this problem that I'm having. However, have you considered that maybe God is wanting you to go through that trial and tribulation so you can grow in strength? And he hasn't found any other way to convey that message to you than through that trial. Because you don't seem to happen to have enough time and enough will to listen to him and to communicate with him your worries and update him in your life through prayer. Since you're choosing to ignore God, God as a good father, he's still going to try to raise you right. He's still going to try to make you stronger, as every single father should do, as every single parental figure should do. And whether you like it or not, you're going to go through that. And you are going to continue going through the same thing over and over and over until you complete the lesson. There's a lot of people out there that say, man, I keep having the same issues. I keep getting my heart broken. This is just an example. I keep getting my heart broken. All oh, these, these women are no good. All oh, these males are no good. They cheating. They lying. They play me over and over and over again. And you tell God, God, send me somebody good. Send me somebody good that understands me. But you yourself have not understood why you have a broken heart. You want to know the ending of the book without reading the chapters. You only read the beginning, the first three chapters of a 20 chapter book. And that is your life. And James continues, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. He's saying, like I was saying before, he's saying God, in all his power, in all his mightiness, is an all-powerful being. We cannot even comprehend the magnitude of his power. He takes the time to give you exactly what you need for you to grow stronger. 
that doesn't mean that he's going to give you money. Money gives you temptation. He might give you enough so you don't have to worry. And everything else that you build with that is excess. And that leads into temptation. But the beginning of the blessing, you ask for money and you ask for money and you ask for money. God is going to say, you know what? Maybe since you're not really communicating with me all the time, since you're not updating me with your life, my child, I'm going to send you some blessings. I'm going to give you a job that gives you good money. I'm going to send you this business that is going to give you good money. Since you're asking me for it, maybe, maybe you're capable of handling that. And he gives you the chance because he respects your free will. He gives you that opportunity, that blessing. And you might not be quite prepared for that blessing, but you still receive it. And what is the first thing that we do? We get greedy because it's never enough. You see, when we're not ready to receive a blessing and we ask for it and we throw a spiritual tantrum and we ask God for that blessing over and over and over, he's going to say, all right. But that is going to open a whole can of worms. Are you ready to trade this? And in our greediness, we're going to say always yes. Because we have no self-restriction. Self-restriction comes with prayer. With living in faith. Living in faith is a concept in which you restrict yourself. You restrict your time that you spend wasted into everybody else's lives and social media and all that stuff. And you restrict yourself towards prayer. You restrict yourself from acting in your impulses. And you think about how is this action going to affect the other person? How is this action going to affect me? Am I doing this with love or am I doing this because it tempts me? To live in faith is by all means hard. Nobody says that the road of heaven is easy. But we can either choose to be the prodigal son or we can be the son that stays with the father all the time and he's going to get his full blessing at the end. Or are we always going to be that prodigal son that goes away with that blessing, that quick blessing that he got, waste all his time and waste all his resources and comes back to the kingdom of heaven broken? Who are you going to be? And James continues. He says, But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So, he's talking about praying. Praying with a clear mind, with a clear soul. You see, I know that you have problems. I know that you're dealing with a million and one issues with everything that you do. And if you're not, you're blessed. Awesome. Continue being that. But you also have a responsibility and we're going to get to that. So you're dealing with all these things. Then they are polluting your mind. They are, they are just bugging you. You cannot see clearly. You cannot even speak clearly without crying. Without your throat being nuts and your hands shaking. Because you cannot find that frequency. But once you start praying with a pure heart, with a pure thought. Then you're going to start seeing how easier and easier it gets to communicate with somebody that loves you, which is God. So, how do we get to that clarity of mind? Like I was saying before, we do our ritual prayer, the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Glory Be. We try to understand those words and how they apply to what we are going to talk about with God. Once we get in tune, once we say those prayers with our heart, with calmness, 
taking our time appreciating this praise that we're offering to God and now our mind is clear and we are in the right frequency, you'll see that maybe out of all those one million and one things that were bothering you, maybe only one or two are the ones that you really truly need help with. Most of the things that the dark ones do are not even worth your time. And the only thing you have to do is ignore them. Because the dark ones, the persons and the beings that live in obscurity, the only thing they do is that they don't want to create big drastic changes in your life. They don't have to do that. The only thing they have to do is tempt you ever so slightly, ever so subtly, and nudge you just enough out of the road that leads you to the kingdom of heaven. And if they do that, that is mission complete for them. But what brings you back to this road, right? What brings you back to being whole when you are broken completely and you're able to be put back together, the only way is creating a miracle. is for you to talk to God to make the miracle happen so you can be whole again spiritually and you're going to be stronger. So those things that they use to nudge you in the wrong direction, to influence you with the wrong things or influence your time so you could waste it, those things become meaningless and have less power and less power and less power. And that can only be achieved through a truthful, honest prayer with a clear mind focused on what truly matters in your life. Don't be like that wave of the sea that only comes and prays for five minutes and says, God, I'm expecting everything from you. This is what I want. This is what I need. And thank you for the other thing. So everything just becomes once and thank you. If you have enough will to say thank you, most of the time people don't even, they, they, they even forget to say thank you. They just want. And then they ask themselves, why are they not exactly getting what they're supposed to get? Well, first and foremost, they don't have the clarity of mind to ask what for truly, truly matters in their life. So, for example, we're going to the same example of the person that deals with a broken heart multiple times. They're asking for a man or a woman that understands them with uh, whatever physical characteristics they like and whatever financial situation they feel comfortable with. But they never say, God, help me understand my needs and my wants. So when you send somebody who understands those needs and those wants, they are a match and they are compatible. To see how that plays out? It's ever so simple. Clarity of mind leads to a clear prayer and it leads to God knowing exactly what you need and what you want. So that way you don't have to go through those trials and tribulations because you're learning the lessons organically without too much struggle. God didn't send you here to struggle. He sent you here to enjoy life. There's certain things that we all have to learn, and we learn them. But He sent you here to smile and to make others smile. That's it. Simple. How are you achieving that in your life? That's something that you have to ask yourself. And you can only answer that if you spend some time with yourself and with God. And James continues saying, Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. Now he's talking about how we should approach our lives by being humble. And it's a very, very specific example that he uses, but I'm going to break it down for you guys. 
He says believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower, for the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. It blossoms, fall, and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. So he's saying, in order for you to enter the kingdom of heaven, it doesn't matter if you have a lot of money or if you're poor, because money and riches and power do not dictate the laws of God and the requirements of heaven. If anything, you can actually say that the rich men and the poor men have their own set of responsibilities and tribulations that they have to deal with. And both of them, we're talking rich men and women, poor men and women, they both have to deal with the same temptations. They're just juxtaposition. For example, the rich man deals with being able to buy everything he could possibly buy, the people he could possibly buy, but he never has enough time. He cannot buy time. And often, he needs to buy love because everybody's trying to get a piece of their success. Imagine living like that, in which you cannot trust anybody who you see because you think that everybody's going to ask you for something. And maybe they're saying, I love you, but maybe it's conditioned to that money, to that support. Living in such a way that you don't even trust your family, you don't even trust your children or your father because you think they're going to use you for their benefit. Imagine dealing with that every single day. Now we go back to the poor person. Because you say, you know, James is saying, hey, don't think being rich is going to save you. It's probably better to be poor because at least you don't have to deal with people being fake to you. If you're poor, then at least you have the people that like you and love you is not because you have to do anything for them. But at the same time, the tribulations of the poor person, the ones that need, the ones that lack, the tribulations and trials of the poor person is to continue living in faith and find happiness with nothing material. You see how the rich man needs to find happiness by buying everything and everybody? The poor person cannot afford to buy anything and he's still even hungry needs to find happiness. But what does this rich man and this poor man have in common? Is that both of them face trials and tribulations in order to strengthen their faith so they can earn their seat in the kingdom of heaven. Both of them, regardless of financial gain, have to deal with the trials and tribulations so they can strengthen their soul, so they can be worthy being there in heaven. So we go through our lives trying to be the rich man, and we don't understand how that is going to affect our journey. And nobody wants to be poor, I know, but we are faced with that. And we make one bad move and we end up in the street. We make one bad move and we end up bankrupt. And that's the current situation with millions of people in the entire world. They are one bad move from being bankrupt. And in that trial, when you don't have food, when you don't have clothes, when you're worried about whether or not you're going to have a house next month, that is when your faith is tested because everything has been taken away from you. Everything that was worth anything was taken away from you or you sold it to make ends meet and to put some food on your table. And you still have to be able 
to love God, to face that trial and tribulation, to face that need on a daily basis and still be thankful for your life. How hard does the rich man and the poor man have it? The extremes. And then everybody else is in the middle, the normal people, neither rich nor poor. And I can tell you this, that the rich don't waste their time like the middle do. And the poor man cannot afford to waste his time like the middle do. And that's what everybody finds themselves in the middle. And the only thing that they can do is wish that they are rich and worry that they don't become poor. And instead of finding their spiritual salvation, they distract themselves with everything else but God. They are not brave enough to go and chase their dreams because that would mean they would either end up being poor or being rich. They're too afraid to choose the extremes. So, he says, nobody's guaranteed heaven, but only the ones that know how to be humble and how to appreciate what they have. And if they have plenty, they help others. And if they don't have enough, that they're willing to do what it takes for the next meal. And also, on both and everybody in between, we all have to find time to pray, time to get in that frequency, so we can be shown what we're supposed to do. We were given the mission, but we were not told which mission is for us. That is a nice gift that you can only get once you attain spiritual clarity. Once you attain that, then that answer, the meaning of your life, what you need to do, how are you supposed to do it, and how much energy you're supposed to do it with, becomes clear to you, and nothing else matters, and you become whole. And in turn, you start to smile. You start becoming a good person, somebody that appreciates love and appreciates life and appreciates affection and knows how to give affection in return. You become a better person. And then, once you're whole, you can lead others to heaven as well. And then James continues. He says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because, having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. So he's talking that if you're able to go through those trials and, and, and temptations, that you can finally, like a good child, be able to receive the reward that we all want, which is salvation. And you have to persevere. And yes, there's going to be times that you're going to fall. Or maybe you're falling right now. But if you let yourself be guided by your heart and be given the strength that you need to overcome what is making you sad, if you're humble enough to ask God for help and to ask for the people that love you for help, if you're humble enough, you might just find the strength to persevere and be able to get yourself out of that situation by yourself. And this is what I'm saying. Knowing how to pray is a connection to what you need to know in life in order to persevere in order to say no to temptation, to those things that pollute your mind and make you waste your time. And James continues, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. Now he's talking about respect. God is not trying to tempt you. And continues, For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. 
and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Very powerful words. Very powerful words. And I know that a lot of people are just focused on the sin part. What is a sin? We said it, we discussed it before. It's that little nudge that influences you to bring misery to other people. You see, a lot of people have either sexualized sins or they tell you that certain things or certain actions are bad for you. And in reality, it's just common laws of humans. And we understand that there has to be some level of restriction to all the things that you do. But we have those restrictions because you don't want to hurt others with your actions. You see, a sin cannot be exactly labeled and say, this is a sin, this is not a sin, this is a sin. It cannot be exactly labeled that way. It makes no sense. But to put it simpler, in terms that people understand, the simpler the better, right? A sin is anything that you do that brings misery to other people. It's everything that you do that nudges people away from their road to heaven. It doesn't matter if it's one of those sins that has been labeled by humans, by the church, by the government. Those are there for a reason, and yes, they, they help quite a bit. But if you really truly think about it, a sin is something that is so dark and perverse that has nudged somebody away from their happiness. Something so simple, like to make somebody cry with insults. Maybe you left that child alone for too long. Maybe you didn't say I love you enough. Maybe you didn't want to spend your time with this person because they were boring to you. Because they didn't have anything to offer you. And you decided to cast them aside when the only thing they did was to give you love. That is a sin. Because you made those other people cry and asked themselves whether or not it was worth loving somebody like you. So don't think that only the sins that are labeled by humans that are labeled by churches and labeled by the government are the only sins you have to worry about. How many of us have made other people cry? How many of us have had the spiritual capacity to go back and ask forgiveness for all the ones that we have made cried? I can tell you right now, you don't even remember everybody that you yourself have made cried over the years. Yet, God still loves us. And that's why we say that everybody sins. Nobody's free of sin because we, through our own ignorance or spiritual ignorance, have been brute and dishonest to others. And the faster you catch that, the faster you're going to understand how to live in faith. The faster you're going to understand that God is there to make you smile. And in order for you to find your smile, you have to learn how to make others smile as well. Because these are trials and tribulations given to you through love. So you can understand the simple core concepts of faith. And then James finishes saying, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. So on those lines, he's saying, I have given you all this knowledge. I have broken it down for you. But don't be confused. It's not that simple. Every single blessing that comes from the Father is because he's committed to you. It's because he believes in you. 
and he gives you everything, not asking anything for return. He's telling you, I'm giving you all these blessings. I'm giving you the miracle of life. I'm giving you a heart so you can love. I'm giving you a soul so you can feel love for others. Those are the biggest gifts that we are given. And he's committed to us from the day we are born like perfect fruits of this amazing tree of life. And he takes these fruits and he says, go and be a tree that brings smiles to others. Be yourself a tree that can grow fruits of faith that in turn are going to grow into tree themselves. This is not just for parents. This is for everybody. The ones who find their tribe, the ones who are alone, and the ones who have lots of family. Because he understands that every single one of us loves in different ways and need to be loved in different ways. So he says, you want to be part of heaven? You want to be part of this forest that feeds from life and faith? Then I want you to be a tree. And imagine faith is like rain. It nurtures the trees. Us, we are the tree of life. We are supposed to be giving fruits and grow fruits, healthy fruits. And healthy fruits can only come through a strong, healthy tree. And if you look at a tree, they are the simplest creatures in the world. They have their trunk, their foundation, which is your faith. And they have their branches. A branch are your dreams, your goals, your wants. The way you look into the future, those branches, you don't know how those branches are going to grow and twist and turn. Your branches are your hopes and your wants and what you're supposed to do with the heavenly energy that you have flowing through you. And these branches are only going to be strong enough if the trunk itself is strong. And below all that stuff are the roots. And what are the roots? It's our past. What we feed our trunk with. How do we feed ourselves? How do we feed our spirit? And the only way to do that is through prayer. Prayer is the food, is the soil of everything. That is how God reaches out to you. He says, I'm going to teach you how to be a tree. I'm going to give you strong, strong roots. I'm going to make you go through these trials and tribulations so you can grow strong roots, so you can be an amazing tree, this wide trunk in which you can grow towards the future. And as a reward, you're going to be able to find yourself with amazing, delicious fruit. And this fruit is the essence of you. It's your influence that you have with other people, not just your children, but every single one, all the other trees out there. Everything that you touch and feel with your branches, the leaves, those are the frequencies you're supposed to be aware of in order to find the wind and in order to find the light so you can be aware of your surroundings, so you can find ways to grow even stronger. And these leaves are like your fingers, your senses, and it touches that spiritual heavenly frequency. And it tells you, hey, maybe you should go this way. Don't go to that darkness over there because you're not going to grow. Don't fall into that temptation because you're not going to grow. You're not going to be able to feed yourself. And if we find ourselves with our ground too dry, 
invite yourself to pray and the holy water will be given to you through this earth to your roots and maybe the trunk is not quite strong and maybe the trunk is not that big but the roots as long as they receive that holy water will change the root one day don't give up don't think that you're alone god is the water the only thing you need to do is drink it and in order for you to drink that you need to have the time to grab that water with both hands and put it in your mouth because this water is not just going to be given to you you have to commit yourself with both hands and grab it commit your spiritual self to this journey of faith and grab that water that holy water that is going to rekindle those roots and one day that old trunk or that frail trunk that is fruitless and branchless is going to grow one new plant do not give up on yourself don't think that because you were broken a thousand times that you cannot grow life because you're a miracle because god knows you're a miracle and if you are too stubborn from here from anybody else i'm telling you as a man of faith that today you can be a tree of life thank you so much for listening to me for giving me your time and i wish you from the bottom of my heart that today you will become a little closer to god i'm sending you nothing but good energy and good frequency so that way you can sit down on your own wherever you are and pray with clarity being focused without distractions and you're going to be able to convey what you need to our father above and let him know about your life let him know about your own worries let him know about the things that make you happy let him know about the things that make you proud and the ones that make you ashamed because he wants to know about you and if nobody else cares about the things that you are and the things that you do god is there to listen and he's just waiting to hear the story he's excited to hear you he wants to know about you He wants to see what you're living, what you're finding, what you're enduring so he can say, "Hey, you know what? Let me give you a blessing." So that way you can have it a little easier. I think you have learned that lesson. Let us move forward. Move forward with God. He's there for you and waiting for you. Thank you so much. This has been Amos the Praying Man for the Rise Higher podcast. And remember, where there's a smile, there's hope, and where there's hope, there's faith. Amen. Thank you for joining us in another amazing episode of the Rise Higher podcast with Amos the Praying Man. We hope you gain valuable insights, motivation, and a sense of purpose to elevate your life. Remember, the power to rise higher is within you, and every day is a new opportunity to reach your dreams. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Your feedback means the world to us and helps us reach even more listeners in their journey to personal growth and success. To support our mission, consider donating equipment or contributing monetarily via PayPal. You can find the link in the episode description. If you have a story to share or in need of a prayer, reach out to us at ricehiremedialc@gmail.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook and TikTok. Join us again next week for another remarkable conversation with Amos, the Praying Man. Until next time, stay blessed, stay inspired, and let your spirit soar.